Welcome back to a bonus episode of the 10 Years of Tones podcast with me, Sam White. Yes, we thought it was all over, but we we are back again uh, for one last go at it, and for good reason. Tonight, I am joined by two very special guests. We weren't, unfortunately, able to have them on uh, on the main body of the podcast, but I'm delighted to be joined by them tonight. So I'll get them to introduce themselves, as is tradition on the show, uh, in order, if possible. Can you tell me what your T number is and what generations of Trinitones you are a part of? Hello, my name is Lindsay. I am T0, and I was part of Gen 1 and 2. Hi, I'm Patrick, and I am T1, and was part of Gen 1 and 2 as well. Excellent. So yes, that's right, folks. We have managed to get our two co-founders on the show. So no, thank you so much, guys, for taking the time out of your very busy schedules to join me this fine Tuesday evening. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a nice, a nice short episode tonight because we have covered everything. But I guess I need. I think we want some clarification on a couple of things. I think the guys, especially in the first episode, were able to give a, a really good synopsis of the origins, as we're calling, I guess, Gens 1 and 2, which uh, you were both a part of, obviously, having founded the group. Um, but, um, Lindsay, I want to go back to, I guess, maybe, I guess, the first semester of 2011. Um, and maybe give us an idea of, if, for people that don't know, how you and, and Paddy know each other. Well, myself and Patrick were classmates in the music education degree, the BMOZ, uh, in Trinity College. And we took part in an Erasmus trip to Hungary. So we studied at the Kodai Institute in Ketchkomate for a semester, first semester of 2011. And that's really where Trinitones was conceived. Mm. And Paddy, for those people that don't know this uh, fine institute, how would you how would you describe Ketchkomet as a place? Um, Ketchkomet is a beautiful, small, church bell ringing town about ninety minutes outside Budapest. Very quiet, very quaint. Autumnal leaves, snow. That's that's what we're going with there. <laughs> Yeah, it seems that most music education students in Trinity would find themselves uh, going to Kekshkemet uh, for for a term during their college college years. I've been there myself once. We went on a singers trip with Trinitones in a uh, in twenty sixteen. That was my first trip with the group, and uh, no, it's a lovely wee place. Um, but uh, yeah, Lindsay, I guess what I'm asking is, we've heard many variations of the story, but. How did you and Paddy, while you were away, suddenly decide that you wanted to set up an acapella, an all-male acapella singing group? 
Well, we both have a similar enough memory of being downstairs in the Kodai Institute, I think in the middle of the night in one of the classrooms. And we just decided we were going to do it. But I'm pretty sure Patrick will have more details because he has a, certainly has a better memory than I do for details. Patrick, do you want to jump in? Um, yeah, I think we can actually go back to August before the the term in Hungary. I was living in Edinburgh for the month of August, working at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And Lindsay came over as well to visit. And we had great fun going to see all the shows and whatnot. But obviously the shows we were particularly interested as people that were interested in singing were all the wee singing shows. And of course, happened across some of the great male a cappella groups that were showing that year, such as Out of the Blue and whatnot. And I remember being really like taken by the fact simply that there was loads of guys singing together. And it, it bizarrely wasn't really something... I had seen a lot, certainly not during my university experience in Trinity. And actually there's like, um, there was like a lack of guys singing in Trinity at the time. And I was really keen to sing in this new genre, but also to encourage male singing as well. And I know Lindsay was too. Um, And then we find ourselves in Hungary, maybe two months later, down in that classroom definitely I remember that Lindsay and just said if we don't do it I'm not sure it'll happen so um we decided to do it and I was definitely quite struck by the sound of the all-male choir like I had I mean vocal acapella group really you know I don't think they would identify as a choir but I had not really heard that kind of singing before and it is it is quite phenomenal like the sound world those close harmonies it it's quite a phenomenal sound and it's almost like something that we kept coming back to in our minds we kept talking about it i think we even had a cd patrick um from the festival and so it was something that we returned to until eventually um i think patrick said it let's do it yeah i definitely remember saying let's do it but i'm not doing it alone though <laughs> Um, so thankfully Lindsay was keen to do it too great and um, and then yeah so you come up with the idea then you get back to Ireland in the new year so talk to us Lindsay about the recruitment process and how maybe challenging that was because you're halfway through a year so you don't have the joy of having freshers week to kind of uh, go up to people and maybe pester people or really convince them to join. You have to kind of uh, just uh, do your own thing, uh, I guess, in the first weeks of 2012. Yeah, I, I definitely wish we had prepped this, Patrick, because I'm probably going to like forget details or say things that I've made up. But my memory, if it serves me, is that um, one of my best friends in college at the time, Katie, was chairperson of the singers society and i'm going to tell all our secrets now i think we asked her could we possibly photocopy some music (laughs) would she support us to photocopy some music and she said yes and that was like the go ahead like right we've made it we are gonna be an acapella group um and then i don't know how we got guys i think we 
messaged people we knew we talked to lads i think we walked around college just been like do you sing do you sing patrick how did we get guys i don't know yeah i think initially it was through word of mouth um i knew a few people you knew a few people and together we sort of scrambled something together but of course the intricate thing there was that we didn't want to take away from the other fantastic singing groups that were happening in the college so we really were um trying to find people that weren't engaged with singing already but then that could also sing um yeah and we put it on the tuesday patrick do you remember we put it on tuesday intentionally because it was the uh boydell singers who were all upper voices so sopranos and altos in the choir on tuesday and then we thought okay if we put it on tuesday you know the lads can still sing in singers on a monday and they could come to us on a Tuesday and just have those kind of dual experiences. So yeah, you're totally right that we were really cognizant, I think, of yeah. that. I think we held some auditions as well um, from the get-go, almost like to create hype on campus. So we, I think we think we made an audition poster um, and just kind of got the buzz going a little bit, but perhaps I've lost it. It is 10 years ago after all. We didn't have a name. Yes, that's right. Yeah. What? So, what was it advertised as on the poster? Oh my gosh! Was there any just a cappella auditions or? Yeah, probably like pop group or something. Again, <laughs> with regards to like not stepping on the stones of the fantastic um, music making that was happening in Trinity, very much needed to um, be something completely different. So, definitely emphasised. And the fact that we were doing pop only, I promise Mm. we're not doing anything else. Um, You know, that was a huge, a huge thing really as well. Jeez, it sounds like, it does sound a bit like the start of Boyzone or Westlife when you say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) um, But but it's interesting the way you're saying that you didn't want to interfere with with the other groups. And I can relate to that because when I joined Trinitones in first year, I also joined Chapel. And chapel was always, rehearsal for chapel was always at five o'clock, finished at six. I would go and get, get something to eat and I would be at Trinitones for half six. Yeah, exactly. So it would always clash with orchestra. So I guess there was maybe the dilemma for some people whether they were going to cho- choose one or the other because that's the only other group I can think of that would clash with Trinitones rehearsals if we're only talking about Tuesday nights. But uh, yeah, and as you say, singers would always traditionally be on a Monday night, and that's probably still the case. Like uh, choirs wouldn't try to step on step on uh, each other's toes in that sense. Um, but um, but yeah, the la- yeah some of the lads have had their own uh, personal tales about how they joined the group, um, which was really interesting to hear. And uh, yeah, we had some chat about the name Trinitones, and. Uh, I think on the pod, Ben Jacob tried to claim it, but uh, I think it was actually another member who coined the name Trinitones, or was it more of a collective uh, effort, Lindsay? Well, we definitely had some brainstorming sessions and we had an array of very inappropriate names that we definitely could not use. And then Patrick, you remember who came up with the name? Um. Yeah, I, I think it was Gabriel, Gabriel mm. Corcoran. Now, Sam, you're the historian of the Trinitones here, so you'll know what T number he is, but um, certainly um, an early number, I imagine. Um, he came up with it. He is 
Thiago is T5. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And um, we we definitely tried Trinity Balls was definitely right up there. <laughs> that one sticks in my mind, actually, yeah. yeah. We were really tempted to kind of also to just really go in hard on the like, oh, we're just fun. We're just playful. Like we're just messing about kind of thing. But then um, there was the massive debate around whether that would be taken seriously enough in the long run, blah, blah, blah. So we we then moved away from Trinity Balls and uh, <laughs> found Trinitones via Gabriel. Yeah. And Sam, you could probably see that right in the gig that like definitely Gen 1 and 2 very satirical very you know the comedy was was big it was important to us to you know yeah have fun kind of a little bit a poke humor poke fun at ourselves Mm. Mm. oh yeah self-deprecating for sure and i think that's continued uh indefinitely um from my own perspective anyway i've always learned to not take myself too seriously especially when we when we accept the fact that we can't dance and things like this there's no it's not really any other other way to go about it i think but, that's uh, a prerequisite to be a trinity yeah, <laughs> yeah if you can dance uh well maybe this isn't the group for you um but uh great and and yeah give us a a little we've talked a bit about yeah like what rehearsals were like patty we were talking about the cans at rehearsals and lads having to pay a couple of euro in exchange for for a treasured can is that is it yeah that's right i mean again even the culture of the choir is trying to be slightly different so um yeah um trying to get commitment out of the guys was particularly tricky so um we definitely got the cans going during rehearsal rather than just after and i remember going to the shop and buying like (laughs) carrying these big big boxes of cans of rubbish beer um i can't remember what the brand of beer is but not an elegant one anyway and selling them not making profit or anything i should have i should have had my hustle about me (laughs) and yeah Lindsay, what was it like trying to get the lads to really take it seriously i guess because it would have been very difficult from as yeah early rehearsals would have suggested and not having many gigs at all yeah i mean I don't really recall it being ever difficult. I mean, people were there. They wanted to sing. Um, we had we had repertoire. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. It was all very. Um, and I say that as somebody who like did a lot of arranging. <laughs> so no shade anyone else. Like a lot of my arrangements just did not work. Um, but you know, it was good. It was good fun at the start. Um, and I think pretty soon on, we had a gig in mind. Uh, initially just a one or two pieces at some Trinity event and then soon enough after the one in the the long room hub which is really yeah. funny because I was based there for two years uh, during mm-hmm. my PhD and I'd go in and I'd just like I'd just recall you know one of the lads wearing like a blonde wig singing mm-hmm. um, I've got two tickets to Iron Maiden or something so yeah we had that gig set up quite soon and I think then we were pretty much rehearsing with that in mind i think yeah no you'd be right yeah you had this we were talking about the small gig in trinity arts festival and the steps of like house six or house five where you were just singing a song on loop yeah and then you had and then you had the long room gig yeah 
Um, yeah, I remember that stairwell. We stood up, we stood on a stairwell and sang, and that was the first thing we ever did. And we were all so nervous because it was like the first time putting ourselves out there at all. Yeah. Um, and it was rolling in the deep. Do you remember that, Lindsay? I do remember that. Did we arrange that? We did in Hungary in that little we classroom. Did in the classroom in Hungary. So that, was that the first Trinitones arrangement? That's the first thing you put together was rolling in the deep end, I think. Exactly. The long room hub was amazing because we, we also brought our families. Do you remember that, Patrick? And they were like the special guests. So like <laughs> Patrick's mum's on the couch in the long room hub beside like my parents and they're just like so pleased. <laughs> Proudest bunch. Yeah, it was actually a really successful gig. And the other thing was we were trying to, again, this kind of tone of not trying to step um, step on other choirs and other lovely singing groups. We were trying to sing in different locations as well. So that's why we were in the long room. We were like, we can't use the chapel because that's where that choir goes. So we were trying to right. find these niche locations. And I do remember one of the next gigs the following year was the printing room, yeah. um, which is a very when we were there it was kind of an unused space by one department and i basically managed to twist their arms to kind of clear out all the desks and and um, it was a big big clear out operation to kind of empty out the printing room and i remember there was i and there was a lot of angry staff that were not pleased that this kind of students union event was going ahead in there um but we did it yeah, yeah, the printing house, which is in... Uh, That's it, printing house, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It was a stunning venue, Patrick. I remember when you got it and nobody knew about it. Like, uh, as you said, it was slightly in, um, you know, it wasn't in use at the time. And we had two gigs, I think, around Halloween. Yeah, sold out. I remember a massive queue all the way down, the whole length of the rubrics down yeah. to near the library. You did two gigs? Two gigs, yeah. Wow, I don't think they've ever done that I've never heard of Trinidad's ever doing. It was because we couldn't get enough into the printing thing, the printing house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only, yeah, I've actually seen, I've seen Campanile perform there in my like second year, I think, or my first, it was actually first year um, uh, in the second term. That's the only other time I've seen a, a concert there, but no, it's a nice venue. Um, I don't think it's in use at the moment, but uh, that's a great shout. But yeah, I was wondering about the long room hub, but yeah, because it is very niche um and uh um but no it seemed to go down really well and and uh L Lindsay, am i right in saying in in the second year you would you would have been or were were, were you singing in the first in gen one as well or because i i've seen videos on youtube from the printing house and you're you're singing in the choir in in that gig yeah i used to kind of jump in i think we had a hard time getting enough tenor ones the first year and so I would jump in whenever we needed to, or if say one of the tenor ones couldn't make it or whatever. So I was kind of on hand. Um, but I, I loved, I loved singing in that group. It was just so much fun and like nothing else I'd ever done. And like another thing about the printing room and also, or the printing house, and also about the long room hub is that, you know, it was important that we weren't necessarily performing in say churches to go to different kinds of venues with this different kind of repertoire to get different kind of audiences in as well. And we would have attracted people who would not have traditionally gone to, you know, choral concerts in Trinity, which I think that was a big thing for us, Patrick, wasn't it? To 
just get more people singing, but also more people listening. We've obviously we've we've talked a lot about a lot about the video and uh, the process of making the video and how much time how, how time consuming that was. Um, but what talk? Uh, I'd like to get your an insight into the idea behind the venue, the video, and and the song, and why that song, and and why you thought it, this would be, this is the one where we we should really make a video with this one. I. I had strong memories of the video initially. I wanted to do it straight away mm. um, in September, at the beginning of, I guess, the second generation. But um, we were not allowed to make the video by um, the committee of that we were a part of because they were scared that we'd get sued um, by Wheatus. And it, 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 it was illegal and whatnot. Um, so we were told, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. So um, the video actually wasn't made until the very, very end of that academic year mm. um, instead of September, basically, um, when eventually things gave way and um, we went for it. And then within 12 hours, Wheatus were retweeting us um, yeah. and, and sharing the video. So they were not intending on suing us after all. They, they only had... Um, reason to celebrate us so that was really kind of really reassuring um and yeah yeah i didn't realize how much resistance there was to it um because Lindsay, we've talked about the fact that maybe you because you and patty were were going to be moving on after this uh was it this is said to be like this is last chance saloon if this doesn't if this doesn't work or this doesn't go down well then the future of the group would be very uncertain yeah i mean i think we just wanted to do something big mm. and patrick definitely had a vision for you know something that we could put out beyond trinity at this point we were doing you know we we're performing at balls the whole time i've never been to so many like <laughs> balls in my life <laughs> um than than that year so you know within trinity i feel like we were well known um by the end of that year but we also had a bit of a plan, Patrick, the plan for the Trinity Bowl. That was kind of in conjunction with this video in my memory, or do you remember it differently? No, I think you're, you're right. It was like we didn't get Trinity Bowl in Generation 1, just because, I mean, we'd only just set up and done one gig, essentially, so I think that's fair enough. Um, but we were really gunning for... Um, getting it essentially and we thought if we did something big that that would crown it is that right Lindsay yeah I, I think so and this was like this was to be big like we really wanted it to be big so that then you know within Trinity it will be like yes we you know you can sing at, at the ball yeah but it worked anyway <laughs> it certainly worked um yeah it's uh definitely uh a lot of, a lot of the the virality that has come the group's way has has been unintentional but uh certainly you had a plan you stuck to it and and reaped the reward re re reaped the rewards there we go and the rest is history um it was a huge moment i remember it getting it patrick you got an email do you remember that time i think we were together possibly in rubrics in your uh, in your apartment because i remember just like screaming like we got the trinity ball because this was it 
I know it's quite amazing in retrospect to just see the growth of the group as well, and yeah. um, which I'm sure we'll touch on in, in a minute or two. Sure. But um, yeah, like things like that, even getting a good singer, we would jump up and down like, oh my goodness, we've got a good singer because initially it was really, really hard to find singers. And then if, if you find somebody amazing, such as Rob Somerville or something like that, I remember being like, yes, yeah, this was a victory. Uh-huh. Um, or Johan, do you remember? That was like, uh, that was it. We, we had made it. Class. Yeah, totally. I, I we found Yoan by walking all around the Freshers Week campus. Yoan, by the way, is our beatboxer. Um and um He's still so good. Yeah, he's amazing. And we just asked everywhere. And I think I went up to um like Asian society and somebody there knew Yoan and then walked me over to him across front square <laughs> and I just approached him and he said he would come and have a go. And he stuck. Yeah, he's he is serious, seriously good, Yon. And yeah, I've said before, like beatbox is probably the hardest part to find. And we've been lucky enough to have Yon and then Jamil after that, who have been so important to to the group. Um, and the way the the group dynamic and way the group works. Um, but yeah, before we before we plow on to I guess more present day, um, ten years later, um, what about when you guys had to leave, um? or you were moving on and how you felt about that Lindsay because who was going to take the reins um, because it would it would have been a tricky kind of uh, thing to navigate uh, or passing on the torch I guess uh, when you and Paddy had to leave yeah and here's the sad truth I didn't leave Trinity until very recently but Patrick was leaving to do his masters over in Wales and I was going to stay and do a master's in the academy, in the Royal Irish Academy of Music. Both of us choral conducting masters. And I decided to audition to conduct Trinity Singers. And I had sang in, in the choir on and off during my undergrad. Um, and it was really, really special to me. The SATB choir, so the mixed voice choir. So I auditioned and um, I was successful. Uh, which was great and so it was just a real natural progression to there Um, and we had people to take it over like Mm. we were very very happy to pass on the reins to somebody else you know we had done a really great job we had started it we had gotten Trinity Ball this was the step to kind of consolidate it beyond us because now it was known within campus like on campus and then you know through the video uh, it was known beyond campus i think we had done also like tv3 news or something yes I don't know. the morning show <laughs> the morning show um both myself and patrick with copious amounts of makeup on us um but you know we we, we knew it would continue and we had we had dazzy and ben to take over i mean sure it was going to be great yeah patty what about yourself yeah i mean i do also of course remember um i mean Lindsay and i had both studied music education and so from that point of view we were we thought there might be somebody in the music ed cohort that might go for it and do it from outside um essentially from outside the trinitones and i remember we approached um, two people who came in to like watch say you know would you be interested in, in doing this blah 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 
Um, but I think the best thing that happened, of course, was that the lads really made a strong decision that it's from within. And mm. I think that's was just brilliant and has obviously stuck that the experience from within really helps to continue the growth because they really understand where it needs to go next, etc. That's so um, true. That is so true. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the most important things in Trinitones to keep that consistency, but also to allow it to evolve is having that kind of next person coming up. You know, they know the culture, they know the things that they can do to, to move it on, but it never loses that core because, it, you know, it's coming from within. I can't imagine it would have con- continued in the way it has um, mm. if it had been an outsider. And I actually didn't remember that, Patrick. But now that you say it, yes, we did think it was going to be potentially music education students. Um, but brilliant to have, yeah, brilliant to have the guys. Yeah, and also just a more diverse leadership from without the music departments of Trinity, you know. Um, we've had people that study medicine leading it. We've had people doing mm. various arts courses leading it. And I think that's really special too. Yeah, we could have, like, all the lads we've had on, like, we could have actually got them to say what degrees they study and people would have been extremely surprised. At the... Certainly, I remember when I joined, there was I was one of maybe only two music students, if 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 even, like, engineers, med- yeah, as you said, Paddy, doctors, um, we had a lot, uh, real mix um, of degrees uh, across the board, but all with a shared love of music. Yeah, and I mean, that's a cultural shift within itself, within the kind of singing scene of Ireland as well, because everybody that conducted the choirs, for example, in Trinity and even the music professionals we've all worked with before in choirs in our youth singing days from our respective times, they all had music degrees. Mm. So... Um, that thinking outside the box was quite new too, you know. And then Lindsay, like you're talking about, like you didn't know where it was going to go after, but you'd certainly laid the foundations and given them the plat- a platform to build on after the first two gens. When you fast forward nine or ten years on, uh, could you have imagined how big and how mad the the journey would the journey would get and how how successful the group would be no because but i think that's important that we didn't have this roadmap like we didn't have a 10-year plan for the group because it's not for us to have that you know every person or every team and i like that for the most part it has been a team because i think that's what made us really strong and myself and patrick had already both conducted another choir together within trinity um which i think in itself is just is just such a brilliant thing to do so you know it's for every team for every partnership to define their own next step and i think it's really important it was really important for me and for us to get out of the way because if we had you know hung around if we had kind of told them this is where we wanted to go you know, as founders so often do, I think that would have been to the detriment of the group because I just would not have done what they've done. I just wouldn't have thought to do that. And yet what they've done is absolutely incredible. I mean, just reflecting on the weekend that we had pretty recently, you know, you can see how each partnership 
has had a vision, still connected to the core of what it means to be a Trinitone. But it it you know it is within their vision. It was is within their creativity to move it in a certain way, and I think that's just so fantastic because it for me at least makes me feel like this is going to outlast all of us. And so I think the moment where somebody feels they are more entitled to the group than somebody else is probably the moment that it's going to, you know, just. I don't know, self-combust or something. I think it's the moving on, the passing on and the regeneration every two, three, one years. I think that that's really a strong part of Trinitones. We often see in choirs, you know, I've conducted many choirs and for quite long periods of time. There's great prose, you know, real, real assets to sticking with something. But there's just something great about that renewal. And I think that that's a strength. Of Trinitones, yeah. Well said. And yeah, Paddy, what about yourself? When you see uh, us gallivanting around the world in Australia and the both coasts of America and among other things, <laughs> did you? What do you think about? Yeah, how do you, how do you see it? how do you see it from your point of view? Um, I def it's definitely what I hoped for for them, and um, it was definitely a desire to do tours even in our day. Um, I think we were kind of busy with our own summer holidays and fantastic um, traveling opportunities. Um, and also just needed a few more years to grow for that to come possible. But it definitely was a hope um, and was definitely talked about um, even in the second year, you know? Um, but it's just amazing to see um, these young people. I was very moved at the 10 year anniversary to hear so many stories about the depth of friendships people had from the group um, and because of the group and how much it meant to them and their whole wider university experience. Um, and to think that that little impact, that little choir we started had big impact essentially is, is quite something special actually. Mm. And yeah, that, yeah, that can, we can, brings us on nicely to the gig, yeah, which, uh, yeah, we're recording on the 3rd of May. So it's, it's over three weeks since, uh, the concert in the Sugar Club. Um, and just amazing. Yeah. As always, these things seem to exceed my expectations. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, if, if anyone's listening, friends or family that went to the gig, thank you so much for coming. It, I think it was it was pretty wedged uh, on on the Saturday night and and just such a such a good vibe the whole two days I guess for for those taking part we had a lovely dinner in in Fumbly Stables uh, they really looked after us gorgeous food great company um, just yeah like we've been doing on the podcast just sharing memories and stories and just being together and then and then culminating in a in a brilliant night of music, uh, where we got to see, uh, how the, how the group is, how the group has grown in the last 10 years through song, um, for, for the repertoire. Um, so yeah, Lindsay, uh, yeah. Uh, what are your reflections on the two days, um, celebrating 10 years of Trinitones? 
Oh, it was it was brilliant. It was so bizarre to walk in though and see everybody like, you know, just the lads who I haven't seen for ages, but we would have spent so much time together, like really, you know, important people, I think, mm. Patrick, from both of our time um, during our undergraduate degrees. Um, just brilliant to see them, brilliant to catch up with everybody. You know, people are still at their core. We're all still the same. And, you know, that the meal before was such a brilliant idea because we got to reconnect ourselves before uh, the lads did the performance the next day and uh, yeah like Patrick said it was actually amazing to hear from people about how you know particularly people in our generations where Trinitons had been so important to them and I think well I certainly had underestimated that because like of course I know how important it was for me. I have a, a somewhat of an idea how important it was for Patrick. Um, but you don't, I, I mean, I just didn't really think how much, you know, for some of the guys, it had been their, not only, you know, their music making opportunity, but like their social life, their their, their gang of friends. Um, and that when they, they look back at Trinity, that, you know, it really is something that they they have strong and fond memories of. And like, you know, that's pretty incredible when you think we were also only 20 at the time when we set it up. Like, I don't know, like, you know, just it's it's pretty cool that it has lasted us. Oh, I've just aged myself. Oh, no, I've <laughs> aged you too, Patrick. Um, well, I know on that note, Lindsay, I think I was really shocked by when I first walked in was just how young the 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 current generation looks. Yeah, you know? yeah. um, I teach kids far older than them now. So. <laughs> it was quite surprising. Yeah, I'm not sure I would like. I don't know. I would like have trusted us because we. I mean, we we knew what we were doing, but we must have been so young and just. It's pretty incredible that, you know, all these people came with us at that time. Because, as yeah, as Patrick said, you look and you think, oh, my gosh, these, you know, the people in, in the group now, they are so young. So fair play to everybody who jumped in with us, not knowing what it was. That's incredible. Yeah. And I think... Um... Trinity College Dublin has a great culture of student society, um, kind of students go for it. And there's a real culture of just go for it, just go for it, that fed into um, Trinitones really being founded. There's just this culture in Trinity. I work in other third level institutions now, and, and so does Lindsay. And in the cultures in other institutions, in other universities you just don't get that you don't get the kind of i go on students just do something crazy you'll end up on tv like yeah um, no, it's right. not as prominent so i feel really lucky to have gone to such a nurturing and um yeah such a nurturing institution no i, I agree 100 percent um i work in france at the moment and they have no society culture so i feel very fortunate I think in Ireland in general, we are very lucky in that sense, but Trinity does have something unique about it when it comes to uh, clubs and societies. Um, but Paddy, um, yeah, any other reflections on on the cele on marking 10 years? And also just the main thing I took away from it and what may, most people said to me was about they, they don't understand how we can just like rehearse for... They, they were saying oh you must have been rehearsing weeks for that 
and then I'd be saying no we literally got together for a couple of hours on the day of the concert and went through the songs we were going to sing and I just remember we we met in house five after having dinner the previous night and a few sore heads let's let's just say and we start we we were rehearsing teenage dirtbag and then Stacy's mom I remember singing the intro to Stacy's mom just the first time we sang through it and like I was like oh my god this sounds unbelievable and it's simply like you just never forget it's just like riding a bike or uh, you, you just don't forget these things like uh, no matter how long it has been since you last sang them these songs like yeah totally I could kind of feel it all coming back to me as as we began to sing together and indeed Sam it was a great joy to sing beside you somebody I hadn't had the opportunity to sing beside I mean yeah Lin- Lindsay and I both work in um singing in in our professional careers now and um so it is something we do literally every day um but yeah the Trinitones had a great sense of nostalgia to getting back singing um together and um of course even being in that little pokey room in house five it's quite funny <laughs> that hasn't quite changed yet but in, in a really joyful way you know it still had a, a rugged carpet and a dodgy piano yeah stuffy <laughs> yeah very stuffy um but no no such a such a brilliant couple of days uh especially after the couple of years that everyone's had um i just remember seeing so many people i hadn't seen pre like since pre-covid and stuff so even things like that it was so nice and, absolutely uh, yeah just such a such a great atmosphere uh across the board so and uh yeah thanks again to everyone that came uh to support and and it was just the atmosphere was unbelievable in the sugar club uh all the people that run the venue were amazing and and also a big thank you to we said it on the night but thanks again to the lads from the foundation particularly rob uh who did most of the organizing for the gig and also alexa connor and neil and and andy um and ben uh who who helped as well especially organizing the dinner in Fumbly, which was which was so special and like you said Lindsay, i don't i think that was so important to do that the night before to just get everyone in a room and uh set the set the tone i've said it a few times the the most popular pun on the podcast set the tone for the weekend um and yeah thank you both for yeah it was great to hear about to finally get to the get down uh, get to the what am i trying to say finally get to the bottom of the story when it comes to how the idea came about for the group and and there's about 60 60 lads who are who are so thankful that you did that and certainly for me it's the best part of my college experience and one of the best things I've ever done in my life and I haven't really joined a choir since and I don't know if other lads would agree but it's hard to find anything like Trinitones um, which is a testament to how unique the group is, um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll. <laughs> who knows if there'll be another, uh, if there'll be another uh, anniversary like that that we had a few weeks ago down the road. Um, I'm I'm sure I'll see you. I'll see you at the next one. <laughs> yeah. See you then. Everybody, Everybody. 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 Everybody.
I just want to praise you. Praise you broke the chains, so now I can lift my hands. Alright, who?